2: LSU baseball just wrapping up their game against Central Arkansas, a four-three winner. Tigers now improving to four and zero on the season. LSU baseball, uh, in defense of their national championship, off to a great start. Happy to welcome in LSU baseball and football writer for the Baton Rouge Advocate, Cokie Riley. How you been, Cokie? How was the day at the ballpark?
0: It was great. You know, there's no such thing as a bad day at the ballpark, in my opinion. So it well, was great.
2: Even the other day when it was freezing outside. Oh God.
0: It was yeah, awful. I mean, first of all, we're in the press box, so it's not <laughs> half as bad. And then second of all, you know, it's, uh, again, like it's, it's it's never a bad day at the ballpark, so it was – uh um, pretty competitive game, too. So that was
2: good. Yeah, I appreciate that. You n- No whining. You're there watching a, a great LSU baseball team playing. Uh, who cares about the weather outside as long as they got the game in? And there's no delays in action. They actually got it through. But looking at today's game, Koki, LSU improving to 4-0 on the season. Uh Another impressive uh, outing. First baseman Jared Jones, another home run. Uh, I think it's a third time in four games for him. Now, Quite a start to the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jared's had a really good start this year, um, which is an encouraging sign for LSU because they need those sophomore hitters uh, between him and Brady and uh, Paxton and Paxton Kling to, to really get it going this year and take that next step forward. Because if this team wants to get to Omaha and you know, win another College World Series, that has to happen. And um, you know that progress from, from Jared and, and, and Jay talked about at the end of the game, after the game today, that uh, they've seen real improvement from him. Uh, over the last month or so. So you know, that's a good that's a good sign for LSU.
2: Uh looking at one of the newcomers on this squad, Max Bingham, what have you seen out of this kid? Because he seems to have fit in seamlessly right away in this Tigers lineup.
0: Yeah, Mac, he's a uh he's a he's a professional hitter. <laughs> um not not in the literal sense, but in more in the figure sense than that. Uh fifth year senior out of Arizona, obviously knows uh knows Jay Johnson, knows the system extremely well because he played under under Jay for uh, I believe two years there, and uh, yeah, he's just a really solid uh, everyday sort of guy at 360 over at Arizona. So it's not surprising me at all that he's had a pretty solid start this year.
1: One of the surprising players that has had a really solid start, I would say, is freshman second baseman Stephen Milam, who actually played all over the infield. I think he was a shortstop when he was recruited out of New Mexico. Uh, but his start, he would start off five and seven. Then today, he also went one of four. Uh, hitting all from the leadoff spot, but Coach Johnson was talking about his development. Someone that wasn't great during maybe during the fall, but has really made strides in the past couple of weeks, and he had a really good opening weekend as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, as you said, he didn't have a fantastic fall, but you know, you know, Stephen he really understands the strike zone, and um, he got out of himself a little bit more today and swung at some uh, swung some bad pitches, but you know, for the most part, he's looked really comfortable at the plate. He isn't afraid of velocity at all. Has great bat control. Um, can really put the ball in play uh, offensively. And uh, if he gains some strength, I think he can add some more pop to his game, but that's really something more uh, to look forward to down the line. Uh, can play second base pretty solidly. I think he's pretty much going to be a second baseman moving forward for LSU and, and professional baseball, um, because of, in part because of his size. But, you know, he's he's quick, quick-twitch athlete, and uh, it's someone who's definitely going to help him out this year.
2: Was looking at the Tigers pitching staff and the kid that didn't disappoint today, Kate Anderson, the lefty, came in, got his first uh, action of the season, and like I said, didn't disappoint. A pretty good outing for the, for the freshman.
0: Yeah, Cade was uh, very very good today. Uh, he was around, you know, 92-94 uh, with a pretty good curved ball. And he uh, had some slight control issues throughout the day. I okay. mean, LSU's pitchers have had uh, – LSU's pitching staff has had some control issues so far to the start this season. But for the most part, I mean, six strikeouts in four innings, one of the 70 pitches, which is a very good sign given the fact that he hasn't pitched in nearly two years because of Tommy Johnson. For he said that today isn't you know he hasn't pitched in nearly two years. He got had to get the surgery um, his junior junior year of high school. So uh, considering how much time he's been out, and considering how long he was able to go, and you know the fact that he was as solid as he was, uh, that's a good sign for LSU moving forward.
1: What you saw from a gauge jump, it was one of the big names coming into the season that we kept hearing over and over again about someone that you may not have heard of, a transfer from UCLA that was going to make an immediate impact on this team. Uh, coming off a of Tommy John surgery at UCLA, Coach Johnson goes out and gets him in the portal, and he kind of eased him in, I guess, so to speak, this season by only pitching him in the ninth inning in that opening victory against uh, VMI. He picked up a save. But I think that this is a guy that you saw when he pitched that ninth inning, the stuff that he has, uh, some of the best on the team. And I, I think we were talking with Scott Sanders in the last hour, Koki, and just this guy's going to be in the weekend rotation sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, he just has to build up his pitch count. and For sure. Uh, has Art has a really strong four-pitch mix. And uh, another guy coming off Tommy John surgery who hasn't pitched in the last year and a half, really didn't pitch much during the preseason scrimmages leading up um, to this weekend. So there was a question about how healthy is he really right now. Um, but really the answer was just that they're really slow playing it with him and um, trying to build up his pitch count. And I think he was supposed to pitch two innings today, but uh, not this weekend, I mean. Uh, he was supposed to pitch two innings this weekend, but it went down to one just because of some of the situational stuff with the games um, this weekend. and. Uh, because the game was close, they had him come in to close the Friday night game. So that's why he only threw one inning, basically. So, yeah, he's, uh, he was very, very impressive in the inning that we saw. And um, I, I think I, I have to figure that he's going to be the Sunday starter at some point this season, probably by SEC play, if I had to make a, a guess, like a guess of it. Um, so, yeah, like he's definitely going to be a very important piece of this team this year.
1: It's a good problem to have, and Coach Johnson mentioned his first year at LSU how he didn't have enough pitching, so he's never going to have to deal with that again. He always goes out and gets really talented pitchers. But the depth on this pitching staff is actually just unbelievable. It's like we – and he said, you know, leading up to the season that roles were going to change. Some pitchers may be starters early on in the season, may get moved into the bullpen. Other guys may move from the bullpen to the starting role, like you were talking about with Gage Jump potentially later on in the season. But one kind of spot that's a little bit – you know, up in the air, I guess you would say for me is a potential closer role. You saw Fidel Loa today, the JUCO transfer. You saw him twice this weekend, and he pitched two scoreless appearances. I thought he was pretty impressive in both games that he played. Gavin Guidry was kind of the guy that I think a lot of people expected to be in that role. Um, but who would you say is kind of the favorite for that early on?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think Jay totally believes in having a set closer for every, you know, tight situation uh, in the ninth inning. He, he's very much about the matchups, right? So if a team is, has two – if a team, for example, has two lefties um, coming up in the order, you know, you'll probably see a guy, someone like Justin Moore in there instead. Um, if it's three righties, then probably Gavin Guidry. Um, if the middle of the order is coming up in the seventh inning, then he'll throw one of those top guys or – or Fidel, I think, is one of those – could is probably one of those top guys for them already, at least at the start of this year. So, yeah, I mean, they have a, a ton of different options in terms of high-leverage relievers. But, like, I guess if you had to say who the closer is, it, it's probably Gavin, Justin, or um, some combination of those two. Uh, and I – from left or right side. But at the same time, I don't think Jays is um, – is uh, shy at all about pitching those guys in the sixth, the seventh, or the eighth innings um, if the situation uh, calls for it. So that's, that's just kind of my view on that whole situation.
1: Yeah, Thatcher comes in on Friday night, has some issues. Friday night, I say it was Friday Yeah, afternoon. that's where I was going to, yeah, Charlie. <laughs> two and two thirds innings pitched, and then he walks the nine hole hitter. I mean, I think he had retired seven straight before that, and then it just kind of spirals out of control with four straight hits, and he gets pulled. But Thatcher, in, you know, when Jay announced the opening weekend rotation with Thatcher pitching on Friday, I think a lot of us really understood it. And Saturday, going to Luke Holman, who was outstanding in his first appearance against Central Arkansas with 10 strikeouts and five and a third innings pitched. It feels like Thatcher will be fine. And I don't think anyone should overreact to how he performed in that opening game. Uh, but Luke Holman was. Fantastic. I mean, he ran into one issue, and it was during that cold-windy game that you were talking about earlier, Koki. I was there and watching Luke Holman deal. He had one (laughs) single inning where he ran into issues, and that was in the fourth where he gave up that lead-up double and then a follow-up single to put runners at the corners with nobody out. Strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Gets out of the jam. Has 10 strikeouts, as I said, in that performance. And just what you saw from him, uh, who I think he's going to be such an important piece to this Tigers weekend rotation.
0: Yeah, Luke Holman, a guy who knows how to pitch. And similar to Mac Bingham, who knows how to hit, you know, these are veteran guys who um, there's just a stability and a consistency with them. And Holman, I really like his breaking ball. Um, And then he has that solid 91 to 93 mile bar fastball that he can pretty much throw wherever he wants. And I I think the combination of those two things uh, makes him a really solid starter. And he was one of the better starters in the SEC last season. To me, he was um, at least – around the top five like he was um, he was a really underrated addition uh, for LSU this year I don't know about underrated but um, I guess more under the radar than say like a Brandon Montgomery um, with some of the bigger name transfers And they needed someone who could come in right away and be you know a Friday or Saturday starter that was like kind of the last uh, he was kind of like the, the last missing piece of the puzzle uh, for them when it came to their portal additions this offseason he was kind of a perfect guy to slide in there and In part it's because of the inconsistencies of someone like Thatcher, like Thatcher, um, we've seen the best of Thatcher, but we've also seen the worst of Thatcher. And and I think Friday was just another, another example as to some of the ups and downs that he's had um, at LSU. And uh, it's when he gets in trouble uh, and more times than not, it just kind of spirals out of control. And I think this was another example of, of that. And that's, and that's kind of concerning given that this again, we're heading into year two now and this and it's still happening.
2: Well, somewhere where this LSU team looks pretty set, Koki, is at catcher. Just talk about the the what the Tigers have behind the dish going into this season. Really impressive.
0: It just gives them a lot of versatility, right? Um, they can pinch hit guys and bring guys in and out of the lineup without having to worry too much about, you know, the 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 consequences because, you know, if you only have like two capable catchers, then there's only so much you can do when it comes to defensive replacements and and taking guys in and out for certain matchups. So, uh, yeah, and they all looked pretty good defensively this weekend. I think Brady Neal had a couple of pass balls and, you know, wild pitches they couldn't corral that you would have hoped he would have. But, I mean, other than that, like, they were throwing out runners all weekend um, at a pretty high clip, and, you know, pitchers seemed pretty comfortable with, with those guys behind the plate. So, uh, I think that was all. I think it was a very good weekend for the catchers, and especially Brady Neal at the play. I mean, yesterday he hit a home run and two doubles. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and they kind of have, a, like, a guy for everything. They have kind of like a high-ceiling uh, catcher, a, a younger, high, higher-ceiling catcher who um, can be an answer defensively but is also, also can be a very good offensive player, Brady Neal. They have the slugger. Uh, who can also throw out some runners, and Hayden Drabinski. And, of course, they have Alex Mwaza, who's kind of the defensive wizard, quote-unquote. So, uh, yeah, like when you have three catchers, all quality guys who are at the Z-level starters, it it just gives you so much versatility when it comes to – and depth, obviously, uh, when it comes to your team.
1: Versatility is a great word for it, Koki, but there's, it's hard to leave any of these guys out of the lineup as well, just based off of what you've seen from Brady Neal and Hayden Travinsky so far. Travinsky being named the co-SEC player of the week already, went 8 of 14 in the four games, had nine runs scored, five RBI, reached 13 times with those three walks and two hit by pitch as well. I, he's such a great bat. You have to keep him as a DH if he's not catching. And then you have Brady Neal, who's got that kind of – he's like the, the middle piece, I guess you would say, between Milazzo and Travinsky, where he's great at both – You know, cat like defensive catching and hitting, uh, where you saw that full display against VMI: two doubles, a grand slam, and two runners thrown out on the base paths. It's hard to keep these guys out of the lineup.
0: Yeah, exactly, and um, and and I think Jay Johnson is an offensive-minded coach. At the end of the day, like there's a reason why his teams have hit the ball so well, not just at LSU but also at Arizona year in and year out. so I, I think he's always going to want to lean lean offense when it comes to, you know, you know, picking out starters and picking out his best lineup. So I think that's why those two guys are going to be in lineup more often than not. And that leaves a, kind of a guy, I mean, a guy like Alex Mazzo, kind of on the, in, on the outside looking in. Um, but at the same time, you know, they can bring him into the game like they did today uh, to, to, to give them some extra defense and, and secure a victory.
2: You getting used to these earlier first pitches, Koki. I know we got a bunch more two o'clock and one o'clock games before we get to our first night game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I I, I kind of like it. You know, I I, I kind of get, get my get night done with work sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get done with work a little bit sooner. Um, you know, normal sleeping patterns, all that <laughs> sort of good stuff. So. Um, I'm good with it. I, I do love the environment of uh, of a night game in Tiger Stadium, and especially if it's against an SEC opponent. Yeah. But if you're playing these mid, if you're playing these mid majors and games that you should be winning anyway, like why not have it in the day, right? And, um, I, I will having a day game on a Monday is very strange, though. Even if it is <laughs> um, not a bad strange by any means.
2: Was this planned by Jay Johnson, or just how things shook out?
0: I think it was planned by him because, in part, it gives them more flexibility as to moving moving a game back if you know the weather's bad or the or uh,
2: yes, we know about that well.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, um, uh, yeah. So, like, if they started this game tonight, it would have been pretty darn cold. Um, that would have been good for the pitchers and whatnot. And uh, I, I think he likes the the day games because. Um, of that flexibility uh, when it comes to the weather, especially with the temperature. It's going to be warmer in the middle of the day, and that's just better for the pitchers this time of year.
1: Koki, one of those players in those first four games that may have gone off to a slow start statistically, but was swinging a good bat. He was just kind of running into some bad luck, was Michael Braswell, the South Carolina transfer. I want to get your thoughts early on him, because I think he did make some good plays defensively, uh, and he's going to be a solid shortstop for the Tigers. Just give him some time, and that batting average will come up.
0: Yeah, he can make the routine play for sure, Um, and maybe even more consistently than Jordan Thompson did, which that was kind of Thompson's problem, right? It was the errors and sort of the inconsistency with, um, you know, just simply making the – you know, fielding the ball and making the throw to the first base. Uh, I think Braswell can do that exceptionally well, even though I don't think he has quite the range and the arm strength that Thompson had. But very few shortstops, if any, in the country did last year. So I think Brazel is a pretty solid defensive player for them there. And then offensively, you know, it's just about it's just a matter of like getting to his power because I think he's going to be able to put the ball in play more often and and more a little bit more solidly than he did this weekend. This weekend, I mean, I, not, he wasn't striking out every single time, but but it, it you know, there was a lot of ground balls and some of the issues that he had over at South Carolina. He's just got to put the ball in the air more and drive the ball more. Um, That's going to be the key to his success, and that's something they've been working on uh, throughout the fall and and throughout the preseason. He was at least, according to Jay Johnson, he was their best hitter during the fall. I don't think one weekend you can't sort of judge whether it's working or not. Um, But that's—I'm just saying—like that's something. That's the other shoe that has to drop for him uh, in order for LSU fans to really feel really confident about his offense.
1: And then, Cookie, my last question for you is, I mean, we'll be talking to you throughout this season covering LSU baseball. What's the one kind of player under the radar that we haven't really mentioned or may have mentioned briefly but didn't give enough coverage to that's going to be a great contributor on this team?
0: Ooh, uh, good question. Because we've talked about so many guys. Um, Jake Brown's is definitely worth mentioning, just a quick twitch athlete who – uh, Major League Baseball, I believe, was more of a pitcher than a hitter. But here at LSU, he's been hitter first. Um, today, he played in center field. He can play all three outfield spots. He can play first base. Uh, he had a pretty – he looked pretty solid at the plate. What today wasn't, like, his greatest day. The, actually, he had two hits. Today. Never mind. I'll take that back. But, uh, yeah, so he's a, he's definitely going to be a guy to watch for this season and it's I, sort of the triangle between him, Milam, and Josh Pearson, who starts on what day, and maybe you can even add Paston Kling to this as well because Kling didn't start today, and they put Brown in center field and had Brown in Milam in the lineup. Um, so I, 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 it's so one of the two of the three between Pearson, Milam, and Brown are will start games. Just a matter of who he picks on a certain – who Johnson picks on a certain day depending on the matchup. At least that's what it's, what it, what it's set as uh, right now. And I don't think LSU quite has, like, the, the, the lineup depth that they had last season and all the different options off the bench that they had a year ago. But but by that same token, like, when you have those three guys battling for two spots, it gets really interesting. And, um, and Pearson obviously, you know, started the opener at second base, has played the outfield. Uh, played the start in the outfield today and on Saturday and sat on Sunday. Um, and uh, it, his versatility is kind of why there's like a, I'd say, a mini competition between him and um, uh, Milo, who's at second, and then Brown, who's mostly been an outfielder thus far. So that's going to be, I think that's just sort of a storyline to watch out for the rest of this year. And, and really Brown in general, um, as someone who can really help them out as a quick twitch outfielder with some power.
2: Before we say goodbye, Cokie, definitely want to say congrats to you. I haven't talked to you since your uh, move to NOLA.com and the Baton Rouge Advocate covering LSU baseball and football for them. So congratulations, my man.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, Looking forward to talking even more about LSU baseball um, with you all for the rest of the season. And, uh, again, thanks so much for the congrats. It's been a really, really awesome start so far.
2: Definitely. Thank you and appreciate the time. Always great info, man. All right, appreciate it, guys. Thanks so much. That was Koki Riley. You can check out his work for LSU Baseball and now football for the Baton Rouge Advocate and NOLA.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.